everyone. Thank you for joining us at Typo Productions newest podcast, Troped Out. This is our first epi- episode. <laughs> I'm a little excited if you can't tell. And, yay. yay! And we have with us today USA Today best-selling author of historical Scottish romance, Hildy McQueen. Hi, everybody. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> we are so thrilled that you decided to join us. You know, the name of the podcast is Troped Out, and I felt like all genres use tropes. Like, they're across the board. Exactly. But romance leans into it. It's not just that there are tropes. We enjoy the tropes, and I feel like romance writers really know how to use them and give interesting books, even though you know they're going to end in a happily ever after Mm -hmm. each time. So it made sense to start with a romance writer, and I had the privilege of, in 2016 at Romantic Times Book Convention, which is where I also actually met EJ. That's oh my goodness. <laughs> that is where we yeah. met. Oh. I, I know, isn't that funny? Happenstance. So I got to sit in a panel that Hildy did and I was just super impressed and I've kind of been following you ever since. <laughs> oh my goodness, so you're that stalker. Yeah, that's no. me. Just <laughs> the little redheaded avatar in the corner. Cool. Hi. <laughs> Did you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, yes, like you said, um, I am a USA Today bestselling author. I am deep, 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 deep into medieval Scottish Highlander romance. I just love that genre. I, I have written in other genres, all romance, of course, but I think for some reason the Highlanders called to me, and especially after I went to Scotland, so I have thoroughly enjoyed writing it and I think it comes across because my readers seem to really like that um that genre that I'm in right now so I'm excited about it I am currently living in Georgia I'm originally from well everywhere really I mean I was born in Mexico I grew up in San Diego but then I've lived all over the world I'm ex-military so settled in Georgia the one place I never thought I'd (laughs) live in (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome you got to live all over the world do you feel like that's influenced your writing think a little bit I mean you have so many adventures I'm an adventuresome type not in the fact that I do anything outdoorsy or anything but it seems like wherever I go something adventuresome happens so I enjoy the fact that I can you know pull in some of those experiences and you've got a new book coming out new series yes it just actually came out yesterday it's called the fox and it is the fourth is it the fourth is it the fourth one two three four yes the fourth book in the clan ross of the hebrides series and um i am really excited about this book the hero is a little bit different he is a, i usually write my highlanders where they're like you know the kilted rough guys that you know have a sword on their <laughs> strapped across their back and they're kicking ass every day but yes. this guy can i say ass? say whatever you want <laughs> <laughs> this guy uh kaylin ross is a uh, half brother and he was uh grew up in the southern part of scotland which is like the glasgow and you know Edinburgh area and so he's a little bit more English to them you know they, they consider him to be a little bit different very English kind of person and so they um he has kind of gotten picked on by other people and kind of ostracized a little bit because they they're like he is so English even his accent is not as strong but so I kind of enjoyed writing him but bringing him into the Highlands and see how you know that whole story progressed the funny part is that his brothers never make fun of him because he can beat all their butts when he gets out the sword he is like a berserker so he is a was such a fun guy to write so it's called the fox it released yesterday it is in Amazon Kindle Limited 
That sounds great. <laughs> I started this series in preparation for this interview because I've, um, I you know I've I've read and been a fan for a, for a minute, but I I'm about halfway into the first book, so I'm really excited. I love this. Is just a random fact the word berserker anytime i hear that like it is on my id list and it immediately <laughs> makes me think okay i want to read that <laughs> so now i'm definitely can't wait to get to that one awesome so i guess the name of this podcast is troped out so we can just jump right in on that do your readers have expectations from you like is there a trope as a writer that you find that you are drawn to using um, often maybe changing it up a little bit or do you kind of, I don't know, cast a wider net? Yeah, I think almost, I can say almost every single one of my heroes is an alpha. So the alpha beastly guy that's muscular and huge and very, um, keeps his emotions to himself is definitely a trope that I always use. The um, scarred hero. Most of them have some kind of yeah. sting in their background that they have to get over. And of course, the heroine helps them. So I always have that. I use that quite a bit. I think um, I'm trying to think of what other trope that especially in these Highlanders are. I use a lot of the um, kind of not kind of like the not enemies to lovers, but they usually don't like quite like each other at the first. You know, they're not quite enemies, but they're kind of, yeah, you know, not really. So it's not, I don't write love at first sight at all. So. No insta-love in a Hildy McQueen novel. No, I don't think I've ever <laughs> done that. I don't know how I can do that. Maybe because I, yeah, no, no, that's not my thing. Listen, <laughs> I, do I love have, a grumpy hero, so you keep yeah. doing what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely grumpy guys. And yeah, not easy to, you know, even other people wonder, how do you, why do you like them when everybody else is kind of intimidated by them? Very Darcy. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so, yes. Him? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Bad first impressions. Yeah. Love it. No, that's such a fun one for romance. I think, you know, like when you have like the personal hang up and they have to like get over themselves to like connect. Love it. Uh, what about as a reader? You know, whether it's in romance or other genres, I don't know what you read. Tell us, you know, what really jumps out at you and makes you say, ooh, I've got to read that. I read everything except for Scottish. <laughs> I try to stay out of my own genre because I am so easily influenced. I've, I've totally binge watched Bridgerton like 500 times and I catch myself wanting to say some of the same lines. I'm like, no, but it's Scottish, you know, like, but anyway, um, I read mostly cozy mystery. I love cozy mystery because it's so far from what I write. And also I watch that all the time and I love the, um, friends to lovers yes. trope they use so much in that in that genre they use the friends to lovers a lot there they also use a lot of the second chances there in the cozies I noticed like you know they're they maybe dated when they were younger and now they're solving this mystery together and then they kind of you know I wonder why we ever broke up kind of thing so I like that about those so I, I think those two um tropes call to me I do Binge, I mean, I can read them so many times. Uh, J.R. Ward's Black Dagger Brotherhood. And most of her um, trope is, I think it is the scarred hero, the, the outcast guy that kind of, you know, because they're vampires, so they're not right. exactly part of no, real life. <laughs> yeah. That, so, I don't yeah, know. But, I wonder what it is about the scarred hero that really calls to people. Because, so typically, 
I love that as a reader. That's what I like. That is my catnip. The last few books I've written had could not be further from that. Like I have written himbos and I don't even know what that's about. <laughs> but I did not even realize that was a connecting factor for me as a reader until like we're sitting here talk about it. And I'm like, oh yeah, that that's definitely a thing. I wonder what it is about these big tough guys that actually have a lot of good in them that they don't show the world. They just maybe show the love interest eventually that that speaks yeah. to readers. Do you have any thoughts on that? I think part of it is the, the fantasy of us being the ones to change them. He has chosen us to show his true self to. He has chosen us to be who he trusts to help him through whatever scarred him or, you know, affected him in his past um and and i think as far as it, the reader we're, we're kind of nurturers at heart we want to oh my gosh if we see a hurt puppy or and in a way that no matter how alpha they are when they they show that vulnerability we're like oh my god no i don't want that in real life because i ain't fixing nobody right but in, fantasy, but in fiction sure i'll take that i want to fix that you know fix having this that shined on right yeah. <laughs> true so I think that's what calls to readers, and and it, and it, as a writer, it calls to me because I love writing the scarred hero. That is my thing. You know, sit there and cry with them, and and I know what's wrong with them and what's deep and what they're holding back, and not quite sure how to share with the heroine, or she sees it without him knowing, kind of thing. So, yeah, I think that's catnip for everybody. Not everybody, but most people. Yeah. I think there's a fun as a, as a writer there's a fun like plot arc to to that type of character too because there is so mm-hmm. much that they have to like work through and it can be a little surprising when they finally get there I think so too as a writer and a reader it's kind of fun because I I don't plot so I'm excited to know what's going to happen next with this guy so it's almost like you like you said, for romance, we have the tropes pretty much in our head already, and we know what appeals to us and what we can write best, and so that's what we usually tend to stick to. I know there are very talented writers that can use different tropes. I've never been able to use a lot of different ones. Like I like I said, the what was the one that I said that I didn't quite like? I forgot now. Like insta-love? Like, um, insta-love, yeah, right. Yeah. I, Right, because I don't think I've ever had that, except for with Henry Cavill, but in real life, you know, it's not like... <laughs> oh, so I'm are you waiting really... on the next season of The Witcher to come out? Just, yeah, I have no idea what's going on in that movie at all. I have no clue, but I just watch it because he's in it. Just cut the sound off. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I don't care. I don't care what he's doing. He's just going to stand there for an hour. That's a good grizzled warrior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you mentioned the love at first sight thing, but are there any other tropes as a writer or a reader that you just cannot connect no. with that you just do not like, like not hating on any authors here. We love our authors, but we all have personal tastes. Let's see. I have not written accidental pregnancies or the secret baby thing. Mm-hmm. I haven't read anything with it because as soon as I see secret baby, I'm like, nah. But <laughs> on, but I don't think it has anything to do with the writing. It's the fact that I don't like babies. I'm one of those weird people. I don't like babies. Put, give me a dog or something. I'm fine. I have children. Bless their hearts. They survived. But <laughs> I just like, yeah, I don't want to read about babies. You know, I've read... I've actually written a couple stories where I put a kid in it and it's a little older kid and I've enjoyed doing that, but 
the whole idea of the secret baby, secret pregnancy. It just doesn't that, speak doesn't, to you. It doesn't talk. Yeah, it does not speak to me. Um, what else does this? Oh, the soulmate idea. I don't quite. I don't think that. Yeah, I'm like, eh, nah, I don't. <laughs> I don't write that either. And I don't know that I've read anything that has soulmates in it. But yeah, no, no, I don't think so. I'm not a very romantic romance writer, I guess. I don't believe in love at first sight. No soulmates. The poor babies. (laughs) I, as a reader, though, I appreciate making them, like, work for it. The struggle of seeing the two get together. I mean, I like mm-hmm. a soulmate story too, but I, I definitely enjoy that friction in the beginning as a reader. Yeah, me too. I think that makes it so much fun because you can't wait for these two to finally get together. Yeah. So I think the anticipation of that is what brings me in and holds me in. And I can't wait, you know, for that and for the hero to take off his clothes. <laughs> is there a trope the for that? The most important part. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole genre. So. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Is there a trope that you haven't gotten to write yet, but that you'd really like to try? I think, let me think. I guess maybe the love triangle. I've tried it a couple times, but not in a way that like there's two people, you know, three people kind of, but more of like two guys are interested in her or, or she and another person are interested in the same guy, that kind of thing. I think that would be so much fun. So I've tried it a little bit. I'm a little nervous of going too far with it where the reader would be like, gosh, this girl can't make up her mind. That's, you know, that I don't know how to write that in a way that would be convincing enough to come across. I think I would love to write Return from the Dead, where everybody thinks somebody's dead. And then they all of a sudden they're like they've been there all along and maybe in a way that they didn't recognize them or something. I really want to write that. So I might, you know, I got that on my list of, I want to do that in, later on in these books where, you know, they thought this guy was dead. And it's going to be Scottish, right? Of course. Okay, yes. <laughs> do it. Because <laughs> it, it would be so hard for, I mean, so easy for somebody back in medieval times to hide, yeah. you know, or even in plain sight, he could be in the village with a long beard and looking like the beggar or something. But here he's the next layered or something oh man wouldn't that be cool that would be cool i love that people are going to hear this and they're going to start reading the future books there it is (laughs) i do want to circle back to something you said you're not a plotter you are a pantser so what does Uh preparing for a new story look like for you well i um, i have to have the cover because i send my cover artist a depiction or description of and maybe some pictures of guys of what I want him to look like. I usually start with the hero. I'm a hero driven writer. Okay. I so I prepare by having um, an idea in my head of what this guy is going to be like and what he's going to go through. Then the hard part is finding the correct um, heroine for him because I have written a book up to 10,000 words and, and figured out this woman and him are just not clicking. It just uh, like pissed me off. But so then once I find her and I decide, yeah, these two will click together, then I decide, well, this is her backstory. This is his backstory. I don't write any of it out down. I should. It's all kind of in my head. And then I just start with chapter one and decide. I always usually, again, start from his point of view. What he's going through. He's out in battle. Something's happening. He's crawling through the dirt. Whatever men do back there. And, and then the story kind of progresses. Now, the funny part is when I get to about the middle, 
then I know how the rest of the story goes and I might see this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen and I'll make a list at the very end of my manuscript so that as I'm writing I can kind of look down there and see oh okay this is going to happen. Sometimes it doesn't all but that's how I write a book. Yeah that's very interesting. So it's kind of a combination. It's a definitely pantsing exploratory writing mm -hmm. but it, when right. it comes to you then you write it down and you make sure it lines up. But you're uh -huh. a, I mean, so prolific. You have so many books out by now. Like you instinctually know your beats and like where things need to happen. So I guess it definitely makes sense that the process for you is finding out these characters because you know what, you know, at this, at this point, this has got to happen. And I don't know what that looks like yet, but as you get to know him, that's very mm, interesting. I think you can see my process behind me. <laughs> that's been up there for three years. <laughs> I know. I'm just looking at, you can't see mine, but yeah, I guess <laughs> And you know what, I, 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 I envy people have friends that take like a week to plot the book and then they can write so much faster, I think, or clearer to because they already know what the beats are. Where me, if I do that, I feel like I've already written the book and my brain shuts down. And so I will have little things written down. I'll have like, definitely want this to happen. Don't forget to add this. And especially if it's a book that's following another one, I will have notes of things that, you know, don't forget that this guy left and was supposed to return back or the fact that um you know the seasons and time like things like that so i have to keep track of that there are times when my stories go all over the place after raining back in i'm like nope <laughs> this is not but that's probably lets you find those little that that extra you know like the little stories within the mm -hmm. stories the little subplots yeah, and the more you write, the easier it becomes to for you to listen and know the beats. Like, you know, instinctively know, okay, this is where the first thing is, you know, the first moment where they're either, oh, coming together, nope, no, not. And then, you know, then they come together and maybe things are smoothing out and then all of a sudden in the background, these bad things are happening so that when they get to the climatic dark moment, you're already there. And at first it was hard for me to, but now I can kind of sense it and go as I come along. And then I add tropes along the way too. Like I'm thinking, you know, what would be a, something that I could add in here to give it a little bit more interest to the reader? A little bit, like you said, catnip. So maybe I'll add a little bit of, a, you know, they, the, these are guys are getting to know each other, but then all of a sudden he becomes kind of a, bu a bully and treats her badly. And, you know, this is her in front of people or whatever. So that I add that little tidbit that's like oh gosh how, how are they gonna deal with this now and that draws in people that are just mm -hmm. drawn to that right when you're writing in your different subgenres, because you've got the scottish highlanders you've got the cowboys when you're going back and forth like that is there anything that you do that is different when you're writing those different types of stories or is it more like the process that you go through is similar, but kind of like the dressing or the vibes that you put into it is a little different. Oh, what's funny to me is I oh, I told my friends this uh, when they said that's such a differently wide genre to go from historical Western to medieval Highlander. And I said, when you think about it, a cowboy is our, our version of a Highlander. They ride on horses, they're out in the middle of nowhere, they're strong guys, they're um, usually pretty alpha. Um, there are so many similarities when you think about it that, it that the heroes turn out to be a little bit of the same. I do notice, though, that with my cowboys, they're a little bit more, ro more um, playboys, rogues, you know, kind of <laughs> more of a, 
flirts and stuff like that, as well as alphas. I noticed that I wrote that about them. Yeah, when I write, though, I do um, write um, contemporaries, but I don't anymore. I haven't written one in a long time. They are vastly different. I noticed that these guys, although they're alphas, they're not ass alpha. They got a little bit of beta in them. I don't know why, though. Because maybe in modern times, a, a guy coming across so alpha would, you know, be a, such a turnoff. Yeah, <laughs> too much alpha gets to be a yeah. little much these days. Yeah, right. Yeah. There's the whole fantasy involved with the historical, too, because you know you're not going to run into Correct. that in your day-to-day -day life. So you give it a little right. bit more leadway. And I think um, when we put ourselves in the story as readers... It, and when it's historical, like you're imagining like how you would react back then versus like if somebody's like rude to you at the grocery store, you're going to be like, peace out. <laughs> like, exactly. Bye. You know, we don't put up with that anymore. No. <laughs> so do you have out of all the books that you've written, do you have a favorite series? Like if somebody was just discovering Hilding McQueen that mm -hmm. you would be like, here, this is where you need to start. Kind of like a series of your heart. I would say a book for a lot of writers, but I like mm -hmm. I know you have so many books and, and they're in these different series that so may be easier to do. Right. I, I used to always tell people if you want to know what my favorite story that I've told, I would always tell them to go to the book Where the Four Winds Collide. Um, covers right behind me. Because it is a story that came to me in its entirety while I was driving. I was driving back my kids too, my kids, they're not kids, but I was driving them off to go to their honeymoon. And on the way back, this redhead girl got in my car and started talking in my head. And the story was so absolutely fascinating that I think I ended up riding around Georgia for six or seven hours because I couldn't stop until I found out what was going to happen at the end. And I was like, holy crap, this has never happened to me. So I came home and um got past that fact that my husband did not wonder where i was all this time and i sat him down and i said honey you gotta hear this story so i told him the whole story he's like is that a movie and i said no it's the story that just came to me he goes you gotta write that story down and so i told the story of this girl who um runs away from an abusive father ends up in a brothel and in a stagecoach out west married to a total stranger all in that order and it's her what she goes through and I just fell in love with it. I sold it to a publisher back then. It was, I don't know, 2012 or something. I don't even remember what year it was, 2016. And it became the bestseller for that publisher because it's just such a cool story. So I always tell people, go read that book if you want to know, you know, the book of my heart. But now a days, my writing has changed so much that I would probably say Clan Ross of the Hebrides, starting with the lion, because it is where what where my heart is now. So I think the stories are totally different, but I, I always think that a part of the, where the four winds collide is in every book that I write, because I learned and how to write when I wrote that book. Even though I had books written before that, I was writing paranormal and something else at the time. I was just all over the place. but. When I wrote Adeline's story, that kind of made what I feel like is made me a writer. That's interesting to see that product, that production, that progression too. Like how you've changed as a uh -huh. writer because they they do sound very right. different, and but both very epic tales, like really involved. Right? Can you tell our listeners like how long have you been um, writing romance? I started my first book in 2010, I believe. Um, I was first published in 2012 as uh, 
interesting thing. I was in Scotland at the time, so I couldn't get my book to load on my Kindle. I was in this little village in the Highlands, and I was like, oh my God, I am a writer, and I can't get to my own book. So people back in the States were getting, were able to see it. You know, when this is your first book, you want to see it. And so since then, I've written nonstop. I, I ended up quitting my job, and now I write full-time. I've never looked back. It's what I wanted to do my entire life. It's amazing. Our listeners, you should check out hildymcqueen.com and click on books. It, it is just, it's truly amazing, like your <laughs> catalog of work. And um, I actually brag on your author website all the time to people when they're talking about putting together <laughs> oh, thank work. You. I'm like, you have, you write different things. And like now I know you mm-hmm. write the Scottish historical, but you do have contemporary Western and you do have historical Western and these, these different mm-hmm. niches. But you can see, like, exactly, okay, if you are got a hankering for this, this might be for you, based on the covers. And they're just put up there so beautifully. Um, oh, thank you so much. I, I that's I not really weird. I'm like, like, your website's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you for saying that, because I try to, I'm so lazy about keeping it up. And I always go to my web designer and say, can you add these 40 books and change these 20 <laughs> links? And, do, and I know she wants to come through the computer and choke me because I don't keep up with things like I should. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been awesome. Tell us again the name of your new book so readers can find it. And we'll be sure to also include links so that readers can find you and connect with you online. Okay, so my last, uh, my latest release is The Fox, and it's part of the Clan Clan Ross of the Hebrides series. Uh, It starts off with the lion, and it's uh, uh, brothers who have recently been... their father passed away and the the oldest has become layered. And so it's the story of how they overcome the fact that everybody hated, detested their father because he was not a very kind man. And so they're trying to, you know, bring the people back around to trust them. Uh, The Fox is the fourth book. Like I said, he is a half-brother. And it's cool because it's dislike at first sight. So that's how the book starts. And like I said, he is a, also the, uh, what's it, a wolf in sheep's clothing where he comes across as a gentleman. And when you get to know him, he's a total Highlander. Um, my website is hildymcqueen.com. And then I am very active on Facebook. Please come and see me there. I'm Hildy McQueen everywhere. I mean, it's, I'm pretty easy to find. I'm not very creative when it comes to titles. <laughs> and I, my page is author Hildy McQueen. I'm on Instagram as Hildy McQueen. Uh, hardly ever on Twitter. So, yeah. What else did you want me to say? I think that was it. We'll drop all the links so readers can get to you easily. And this has been awesome. Thank you so much. What a wonderful kickoff to our brand new podcast, Troped Out. I am so excited about Troped Out. Yeah, everybody needs to just go ahead and subscribe to this because I think it's going to be so much fun. To just fangirl <laughs> with author friends for 30 minutes. That's so right. If you want to hear that. <laughs> That's it. That's the new tagline. We're out. <laughs>